Hello, welcome to the Ponderings Podcast. I'm your host, Milo. In this podcast, I talk about various topics, but most specifically, I talk about process philosophy, cognitive science, psychology, and in general, any philosopher or author that I am currently interested in and want to share information about. Um, You can find this podcast on any podcast hosting site, such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, etc. I also post a video of the podcast every week in the Ponderings YouTube channel. This week, I continue to talk about James Hillman, particularly his thoughts on pathology and what he terms as pathologizing. I will be reading some quotes of his and then give my thoughts on them. Specifically, I'm going to be reading from his book, A Blue Fire, which is introduced and edited by Thomas More. Um, and it's basically just a, a book of his selected writings, uh, of Hillman's selected writings. So I'm going to be looking at chapter 7, if anyone has this book and wants to look along. But, but chapter 7, it's called Pathologizing, The Wound and the Eye. And... Basically, I just kind of want to talk about what pathologizing is, how it relates to soul-making, how um, symptoms, guilt, and all these things help us um, get a deeper understanding of soul. Uh, Specifically, what Hillman thinks about when he's using the term ecology of soul. But I'm going to sort of be going through picking out some quotes, going into them, um giving some thoughts about them, you know, I'll be explaining Hillman's, uh, you know, what he thinks about all these things, but then I'll also be giving my, what I think about what he's talking about, so, yeah, um, it'll just be sort of a casual, not too organized of a podcast episode, but, so yeah, first off, I'm gonna, um, Define pathologizing as Hillman defines it, um, and he has this on page 143. Pathologizing. For him, it's to mean the psyche's autonomous ability to create illness, morbidity, disorder, abnormality, and suffering in any aspect of its behavior, and to experience and imagine life through this deformed and afflicted perspective. So... Throughout this chapter, he's trying to give us um, an idea of pathologizing and also to um, state that abnormal psychology, the fact that we have this section of abnormal psychology, it's for Hillman, he says that afflictions, pathology, these things are very, they're actually incredibly normal. And it is ab- the and the opposite is abnormal. To think that there's to try to get rid of pathology, to try to get rid of our afflictions, um, our disorders, our, our you know uh, quote unquote disorders. He's trying to um, um, show the importance of pathology, the fact that it helps us um, break out of one's narrow paradigms and worldviews, and he also will later on 
fuse uh, pathologizing with um, his polytheistic approach. Our, you know, how psychology is today is very uh, monotheistic, very Christian-based, focusing on the ideal uh, instead of the fact that there isn't this, like, perfect ideal. And he uses, uh, like, polytheism mythology to show this, that the gods are imperfect, and they're eternally imperfect. And instead of saying that we project ourselves onto the gods, Hillman is like, actually, we are, I guess, made in the likeness of them. We're like a finite uh, reflection of the gods. So how the gods have an eternal imperfection, Hillman would say that our imperfections are finite. But either way, they're very inherent. And if we want to get to soul, if we want to get to psyche, we need to not categorize or push these, um, you know, the suffering and all this stuff away and say that that is the flaw, that is the fault, that is the thing that we need to fix. Hillman is like, us trying to fix it is just repressing our soul. It's suppressing who we are, which is all of these things. It's not just this perfect ideal. He also proposes that if there is a way for us to get to soul, it would be in the symptoms, that we should pay attention to the symptoms that show up, and that it's the symptoms that lead us to soul, whether it's the world soul, the soul of people around us, cultures, whatever. If we want to get to the soul, we have to look at the symptoms, um, and it's not going to be therapists laying out what's wrong, what needs to be fixed, but rather it's paying attention to the symptoms as they come and as they uh, reveal themselves. Um, and one way to that sort of shows this symptomology, um, how this symptomology reveals itself, is through guilt. Specifically, he says here that pathologized images do indeed bring guilt, and not only because of the long historical tradition linking sin and illness. He also says affliction reaches us partly through the guilt it brings. Guilt belongs to the experiences of deviation, to the sense of being off, failing, missing the mark. So it's this feeling of guilt, this feeling of transgression that comes up and why we're like, oh, we need to fix this uh, pathology. We need to uh, get rid of anxiety. We need to get rid of depression, uh, balance these things out. I feel like even trying to um, aim for a balance or aim for a control of these things is also in a way suppressing and I know that and that's something that's really um interesting about Hillman's thought is that compared to a lot of like virtue ethics or how to live a good life how to be happy all those different self-help sort of philosophies they all encourage a balance um Hillman doesn't he doesn't put the focus on a balance, but rather he puts the focus on the depth. So following the symptom where it takes you, trying to see what it's trying to reveal to you, not repressing, not suppressing. But, you know, obviously you're not going to live and, you know, sulk or something or like live in these intensified like a depression or something like that. Like he's not saying like marinate in it. If anything, it's more like see it for what it is, for how it's revealing itself to you and sort of come to an understanding of what's happening with how it reveals 
itself to you each time. And I think trying to balance it out is still trying to control it or repress it, trying to control the extremity of something or the intensity of something. And you can't control something without repressing a part of it. And again, controlling things isn't inherently bad either, but Hillman wants us to, he he wants us to follow the passion or whatever it is, the symptom to where it takes you. He also says, you know, how missing the mark, it's that feeling of transgression, of missing the mark, failing, being off. But for him, the true missing of the mark, quote, is is taking the guilt literally, where failings become faults to be set right. This places the guilt on the shoulders of the ego who should not have failed. The ego becomes superego, drivenly busy with repairing wrongs. A guilty ego is no less egocentric than a proud one. So here, what he's trying to do is take us away from that like one personal, one person mindset, a monotheistic mindset of you as the singular ego, either feeling really guilty and trying to repair wrongs, or either feeling very proud and not trying to repair any wrongs. And also, again, like what he said, it's the issue here is when we see these failings as failings, as faults, to be set right, to be fixed. He proposes that we just see them as part of life. Um, Things decay, things die. That isn't a fault, that isn't wrong. There is suffering, that isn't wrong. We shouldn't try and eradicate all suffering in the sense of like a psychological suffering. What I'm trying to say here is that we can't, we can't eradicate it. We can't eliminate it. There's always something else. There's always another thing that comes up. Of course, we want to be, you know, good people. We want to help. Um, and that's good. But I think it's this dichotomous thinking that is harmful because these things do exist suffering exists and it will always continue to exist because it's painful to grow old you know like it's painful to die it's painful to fall it's not inherently bad it's just the way things feel the way things are and so going on with what Hillman is trying to say here he says that um to feel guilty or, or the issue isn't feeling guilty, though. Like, pathologizing, all that, the issue is itself isn't feeling guilty, but more so we should be focused on, like, to whom is this symptom referring to. And it's not uh, to whom, like, someone that exists here and now, or like, oh, who did this, or it's not like that. <laughs> he's, he's trying to use, again, mythology, Um, the archetypes, things like that, as things that we can refer to, um, to get to know our soul um, a bit deeper. So here, quote, it's the archetypal point of view. The matter is less that one feels guilty than to whom, to which person of the psyche, and within which myth does my affliction belong, and does it bespeak an obligation, which figures in which complexes are now laying claim. We can use guilt or these symptoms as an indication of importance. There's something something important that is happening. Um, it's not a fault. It's not wrong. You feeling sluggish, you feeling depressed, you feeling anxious is not wrong. It's, it's an indication of importance. Um, it's a call to witness, to notice, 
And of course, these feelings, these symptoms are not more important than feeling happy or feeling excited, but they're all, they all have a specific reason. They all have their own soul. And, and that's why pathology has to do with movement. We should look at pathology as a movement or a change occurring. It is like calling to be witnessed. It's to pay attention to. And that paying attention is why it's important. You can also give it a name. And this naming is where the like polytheistic approach of Hillman comes in. It's For him, he finds it really helpful to name it um, using gods and goddesses of Greek mythology or uh, Norse mythology. Just being able to reflect back to these archetypes. And again, this pathology as movement, as something that is important, that is saying, hey, pay attention to me. Um, we have to see it as something essential for the psyche, essential for the soul. It's very life and death. This symptom is expressing itself in a way that it wants to grab your attention and you know it does especially what we see as pathology things like suffering those really grab your attention but it's because the soul is trying to grab your sense of what is important trying to distinguish from all the other sensations or things that are happening in your everyday Hillman here says he wants us to not repress it, not try to fix it, not try to make it go away because the body itself is like, hey, this is important. What's going on here is important for you to pay attention to and not try to fix. And maybe it's just a passage of time. Maybe it's just a, a seasonal thing or a thing that comes and goes, but it's still a part of your experience. And that is what makes it important. Here I'm just trying to figure out what he's saying. So if I'm not making sense, it's because I'm at the same time trying to make sense of what he's saying. But yeah, again, um, Hillman is looking at things as like a, a process philosophical approach. So he's not saying that, you know, he's not saying that there are substances or things out there and then things in here. He sees everything as a process. Uh, so things are happening moment to moment, and we're made of societies of archetypes or, again, like all the cells in our body, um, all the experiences, all of the interactions and relations. We could also look at these relations with the archetypes as part of that relational domain that is in a constant process. Each time you you give more attention to your anxiety or or at least like witness these things instead of trying to make them go away, it'll probably help you understand them better every time it happens. And every time it happens, it's going to be different. He's always encouraging a very pluralistic or uh, a multiplicity when it comes to how we interact with our emotions, the symptoms, dreams experiences he's trying to get away from that there's this good thing and then there's this bad thing this very one point of view very narrow approach and i want to read another quote here pathologizing is a way of mythologizing pathologizing takes one out of blind immediacy distorting one's focus upon the natural and actual by forcing one to ask what is within it and behind it while in the throes of pathologizing, the psyche is going through a reversion into a mythical style of consciousness. 
the psyche reverts not only to escape reality, but to find another reality in which the pathologizing makes new sense. I really like this section about the pathologizing, finding another reality to make more sense of it. The whole aspect of soul making is sort of this journey of making more sense of things. So instead of trying to get rid of, fix, we're just trying to go deeper into what these symptoms, these pathologies are trying to say and not trying to interpret it either. We're not trying to interpret what they're saying. We're just listening. And each time we listen, things start to make more sense, or at least that specific instance, that specific instance of anxiety makes sense or we can connect with it better. He also says here, my symptoms point to my soul as my soul points to me through them. And for Hillman, there's, you know, different ways that the soul is created, is made. Um, again, there isn't a soul in our bodies. Soul has more to do with, like, an imaginal realm than, like, an actual real substance inside of our body. It's more psychic, and it permeates to everything around us, to our relations, to our relations with our body, our relation with ourself. And pathology specifically is like an intense focus of awareness of our soul because of how it's sharp, brings our attention quickly. You know, happiness or excitement, it feels good, but when we're sad, when we're angry, it's very, it's very intense and our immediate reaction is to make it go away or want it to go away because of how jarring it is. But this jarringness is a way of bringing focus to our soul. And it's a way of our soul to kind of take us out of our everyday mundane. It's sort of, again, it's that notice me, pay attention. And he he also goes, um, Hillman, he also goes to say that pathologizing is something that happens to every everything in the universe and i like how he explains it here he says pathologizing as intrinsic to cosmos of course implies that no event is without this shadow that pathologizing is cosmic it is decay each thing including grain of a grain of sand can hurt and be hurt for each thing to be true good and beautiful must also be pathological everything is in a process each moment you know cells are dying and coming to life there's always a process of decay and growth happening even at the like molecular level so everything for Hillman is pathological there is suffering happening but more so if we could look at it again pathology has more to do with movement and this movement can cause different types of symptoms and um, feelings that we would call, you know, suffering, sadness, pain, but to see it as what it is, it's movement, it's change, it's growth, decay, these very basic, um, processes of life. And the soul is able to be aware of this by its afflictions. Pathology, these changes are they're highlighted when we feel these jarring emotions or feelings. And here I'll read another quote. So, well, first, we have to look at pathologizing and imagination as an intimate relationship. So, quote, pathologizing processes are a source of imaginative work, and the work provides a container 
for the pathologizing processes. And I continue here. The wound and the eye are one and the same. From the psyche's viewpoint, pathology and insight are not opposites. As if we hurt because we have no insight, and when we gain insight, we shall no longer hurt. No. Pathologizing is itself a way of seeing. The eye of the complex gives the peculiar twist called psychological insight. I really love this part here because it does feel like this sometimes, especially when going through therapy or you know, reading self-help books, you feel like you're hurting because you don't have the correct insight. But once you gain that insight, you feel like, oh, it won't hurt anymore when I finally know what's wrong or finally know this or that. But Hillman's like, no, pathologizing is itself a way of seeing. It's a very natural thing that occurs. And you gaining insight isn't going to make it stop or isn't going to make things better you know, quote unquote. It's just, it gives you a way of seeing things, a way of, you know, when you're depressed, you're going to see things in a depressed light. You're going to get to know the world, get to know the soul of the world, the soul of yourself through that lens. And the same thing with anxiety or anger, frustration, happiness, any of those things. It's a way of seeing. And that's why he also, again, goes back to like mythology to help us get an understanding of different viewpoints calling to the different gods the different things that they oversee whether it's fertility sex um the oceans uh, storms they all resemble or they have a specific way of seeing and they embody a specific way of being and we can sort of refer back to um these different archetypes to give names to our feelings or our states of being instead of just one having like one approach to something so instead of just having something called depression we can break that down into different like not different types but just different ways of relating to that and see what those relationships are saying to us the relationships with all those different feelings and i'm also going to read this quote here on page 150 so And here he's talking about the gods and our relationship to the gods, um, how they relate to pathologizing. But yeah, so if we assume that the necessary is that which occurs among gods, i.e. that myths describe necessary patterns, then their pathologizings are necessary and ours are necessary to the mimesis of theirs, since their infirmitas is essential to their complete configuration, it follows that our individual completion requires our pathologizings. And he says that here, it's man is as much in the image of the gods and goddesses when he is ludicrous, enraged and tortured as when he smiles. So again here, he's trying to show us that if we take a archetypal approach or a polytheistic approach to psychology, um, looking at the gods and goddesses, all of their extremely diverse and varied um, emotional, passionate states of being, we can see that reflected onto us. And also the fact that these different states of being are very important to the narrative of those gods. It, it's very important to know who they are through all of these different pathologies. Same thing if we're trying to know who we are, 
or if we're trying to get to the soul of our, a culture or anything, we have to look at the pathology, the symptoms that come up. And it's not, again, trying to manage symptoms or fix or right the wrongs, um, but seeing pathology as a very necessary part of life just in general all right so i'm gonna end this podcast with a final quote and sort of wrap this up um but yeah so quote i wish us to remember plato's timaeus reason alone does not rule the world or set the rules turning to the middle ground for norms norms without enormity are delusions false beliefs that do not take into account the full nature of things Norms without pathologizings in their images perform a normalizing upon our psychological vision, acting as repressive idealizations, which make us lose touch with our individual abnormalities. The normalcy fantasy becomes itself a distortion of the way things actually are. So, yeah, I love this paragraph. Basically, again, like what I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, trying to go the middle way or take a balanced approach or and there's nothing wrong with those attempts but again it's like this while doing that you are repressing these things that are just naturally occurring when anger builds up over something it's like the best thing for you to do would be to bear witness to that anger not to be like, I need to simmer down or try not to get angry, try not to this. It's like you need to let those characters play out and they're not at fault. And there's nothing wrong with feeling these things. Of course, a lot of us take prescriptions and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But it also doesn't eradicate depression. It doesn't eradicate um, these abnormal psychological pathologies it doesn't eradicate anxiety anxiety still persists maybe at a more like relaxed state but maybe that's the state that you can um get to bear witness this anxiety like maybe before it was just too much so you needed to take something and now the anxiety is at a level where you can bear witness to it and make sense of it and then maybe eventually and maybe you don't I don't know. But the whole point of this is the fact that pathology is a necessary part of existence. Like decay, death, life, growing, all these things are movement. And pathology is sort of that movement away from a stability, a stable ground. And again, there's nothing that needs to be fixed or wrong in these things. But rather, we just need to bear witness. We also don't have to be like, that's me. You know, that depression is me. It's just like, these are just things that are happening that we should um, pay attention to and get to know it as what it is instead of get to know it as how I interpret it to mean for me. No, it doesn't even have to do with you or you don't have to make it have to do with you, but rather see it for what it's trying to say or what it's trying to or what it trying to make you feel. I'll probably be going more in depth, maybe in a couple more episodes, or, or see how long this takes, or how long I want to talk about Hillman at this time. Right now, I do like talking about Hillman, because it, I, I like this perspective, this polytheistic, not focused on the personal, or the, the ego and the personal, or all aspects, amongst a myriad of other aspects. There isn't one monotheistic, mo like, 
one important aspect. It's there's all these different aspects to get to know, and they're all important in their own way. How in polytheism there isn't one specific god that's like the all father god. Of course, there are fathers, there are mothers, um, mother goddesses, father goddesses, or father gods. But there isn't this like one specific one in charge of everybody else. So that's kind of cool to think about, if that makes sense. Um, well, I hope this was helpful to understanding Hillman's uh, term for pathologizing, getting an idea of his ecology of soul or how he views soul or how he views soul making. But yeah, thank you for listening and I hope you stay tuned.